Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad you're here with us today. I am here with my amazing guest, Lee Goff. Thank you, Lee, for being here today. How you doing? doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Sorry. Awesome. Just checked. We are recording, so this is good. <laughs> right, that'll work. <laughs> I got a little thing over here. I can see me here. So, all right. So, you got your little thing yeah. over there. That's fun. Your you can play thing. with that while we're doing the show. So give us a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what exciting projects you're working on right now. Okay. Uh, let's see. Lee Goff, uh, born and raised in Mississippi. Uh, started my entrepreneurial journey at the age of 12 cutting grass. Uh, one of my good friends was actually my competitor and uh, uh, we're still good friends to this day. Uh, and so from there, kind of, you know, went off to college, drank a lot of beer and played around. Uh, I focused, I majored in other things uh, than business at that time. And after college, I floundered around a little bit, wound up ultimately getting a job with a Fortune 100 IT company in Atlanta in 2000, right before the dot-com bubble busted. And so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right after, okay, <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, it's really close, and uh, they survived the 2000. That's what it was. They survived the 2000, and then right before the, the dot com bubble busted. Long story short, is that's where I cut my teeth in technology and fell in love with it. I saw the power that the internet, the web, the digital world can bring to the small bit song. And behind me here in this pit right here, you'll see a little golden string. It might be hard to make out a little golden string, and that goes to the purpose of uh, the original purpose of getting where it changed a little bit over time. But, uh, the original purpose, and that was to level the playing field, to bridge the gap between big business and small business, leveraging digital technologies to do it. So that agency, Michelle is familiar with that agency. If you're in the Infusionsoft ecosystem, everyone is familiar with it. It is getting wired. It is, I think, probably one of the biggest, if not still the biggest out there that does what, you know, does all that stuff. Uh, retired from that agency in 2014, sold it in 2016, and then I dove headfirst into creating systems that make agency owners' lives easier, and that's where I'm at. So marketingagencycoach.com is my URL, and every single thing that we do is intended to provide tools, templates, tactics, and resources to make your lives easier. So. Nice. So give us a little bit of the kind of tricks of the trade, if you will, either in the ones that you're using for the agencies to grow agencies or what you did in your own business to, to scale your company. Okay, uh, let's see, that, that, that's a multi-pronged question, you know, because it's, it's not a one thing you do. In other words, uh, there are little tricks of the trades on the service side to make sure you're not having profit leaks and scope creeps, right? Uh, but if I was going to give you one thing to focus on more, more than anything else for anybody getting out there started, uh, getting started is, is fundamental supply and demand, okay? And so what you're going to find out is, is that if you can drive leads, you control your own destiny. You literally can build as big an agency as you want, as fast as an agency you want, and you can probably charge 
price. Pretty close to whatever you want. So if you have uh, 10 leads of hot leads coming in a day, it's not too hard to charge $200 an hour and pick who you want to work with and then hand the other you know, eight or nine off. Sell them, actually. So it's a profit center. So I would focus aggressively on defining your target audience, uh, getting your product line in place. And the reason that's such a big deal is because then you can get your lead magnets and, and really get some traffic going and, and control your lead flow. So. Awesome. I'm going to stop you for one second. And can I get you to pull your mic closer to your face? Because I can't hear you. You get really quiet and I don't know why. You're not a really me, quiet kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not a really quiet kind of guy. So you want to ask that question again and we'll, we'll do it again? Oh, so um, give us a couple of tricks and tips okay. of, of how you scale a business, either this with your ad agency or with um, Get You Wired. Uh, well, at the end of the day, it boils down to supply and demand, okay? And that is kind of a multi-pronged question. Uh, one of the things you can do on service to, to eliminate scope creep and profit leaks is, is a little bit different. And the reality is, is none of that is as important as being able to control your own fleet lead flow from a highly targeted target audience. Uh, uh, if you're in a position to where you can drive 10 highly qualified leads a day, then you can charge pretty much whatever you want. You can take on the projects and work with pretty much whoever you want and still sell those leads to other agencies or, or however, you know, wherever you want to sell them. So now you're very much in control of your own destiny. So get out there, build positioning elements, build lead magnets, determine your niche, determine your product line. Lead magnets should correlate with your product line. Very, very important. Uh, and then learn how to drive immense amount of traffic and harvest those leads. Everything else becomes easier from that point. Nice. So uh, I know all about leads and how to get them, but if somebody's listening to this and they're going, well, yeah, no shit, of course you got to get leads. How do you get leads? Okay. So at the top of the list, uh, depending on budget restraints, typically, okay, um, hustle works. I don't buy into hustle as much as a lot of some of the other gurus out there. I think it's as much, I'm a Scrooge McDuck, McDuck kind of guy. So I might be dating myself here, but uh, work smart and not hard kind of thing. So uh, I like to, uh, you know, go out and, and fish for whales and that whale brings back a lot of, of um, you know, it can feed the tribe for a long time. And what I mean by that is this, is the multiplier one to many. Find referral partners uh, that are spending money to get in front of your target audience uh, and leverage those. Give to get, so get in there, start giving content. Um, if you need to give services to some of these much more influential people that can drive you leads, do it, okay? Um, welcome to entrepreneurship. You invest hoping hoping to make a return on investment. Not guaranteed though. And the best thing you can do it there is to get out there and serve the people who are already serving your target audience. And then at that point, try to leverage that into, I don't know, a webinar or a whatever it might be. But referral partners uh, is by far the best way to get out there when, you, when you're kind of strapped on cash. Now, another tactic that I have been deploying lately, I've been working with a lot of coaches and things out there in the past couple of years is the video through play of Facebook. I'm sure you're familiar with this, Michelle, are you familiar with it? And so, you know, just throw out a bunch of one to two minute videos out into the Facebook ad platform, uh, do the 15 second through play, uh, let that ride for about, again, depending on your budget, if you got $20,000, this can happen in about four days. Uh, if you don't, then it might be a few months, uh, but you can build up an unbelievably targeted uh, a list on your pixel and then hit them again with an offer after that you're going to find out 
Uh, that conversions are going to go up. It's a great way to just keep lead flow constantly turning for very, very cheap. Three plays are like two or three cents each. So nice, that is awesome. And I know in our in my little world, uh, we love the JVology group of people because of the way that um, Jay talks about having an upstream downstream client. So you're dealing with or you're finding people that have your same clientele, but you solve a different problem for them than the person next to you. And being able to no just have overlap. solid conversations. Where do you like to play in the arena of affiliates and joint ventures? Actually, I will say, you know, um, I, I don't have a problem with them, um, but I don't, I don't aggressively seek them out personally. Mm -hmm. And let me give you my definition of it first, because this is probably going to determine about everything. Okay. Uh, JV and affiliates are in my opinion, and everybody's got, if you know, if you know anything about the space, everybody's got a different definition of every stage. Okay. So my definition, uh, JV affiliate is typically, there's really no skin in the game, right? You can go sign up on their website or it's just all about profit, right? All about profit. No real, no, yeah, real no we don't play in there. those circles. No. Okay, good. Cause I don't like playing <laughs> in that circle. So oh, no, what, no, in no. my little world, I call those more like referral partners, meaning, that hey Michelle, you and I, we've been working together on the sales system like that, and, and, and you know, and so I know you, and I know your character, and I know that if I bring someone to you and I put my name on that, I don't have to worry about whether or not Michelle is going to try to rip them off because it's not in Michelle's character. That mean? and I know that because I've worked with her, uh, what six or eight, eight, whatever, you know, for a period of time now. So point being is, is I like to, I love joint ventures and affiliates as long as they are not strictly geared towards swapping spit profit kind of thing. And it's actually a little bit, there's a, there's a relationship there, meaning I'm going to put my name on your product and I am expecting you to respect that and, and, and take care of my audience. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's my line. And I call those referral partners because they are partners that will refer to you over time. It's not just a flash in the pan kind of thing. So, but big fan on it, uh, uh, uh built, get you wired on that, on that, that on, literally, literally on that backbone. Um, uh, between organic rankings and uh, infusions and keep marketplace optimization. Those were the three primary sources we got our very hot leads from. So. Very cool. Awesome. Because you had mentioned it. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Because um, yeah. you mentioned it. As I, love a, it. I live and die by it. As soon as I started my, my coaching business like that, the very first thing I did was to go out and just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I just sold a business, you know I mean? Uh, so I think most people consider that to be a success metric. Once you do that, it's, it's cool, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm still out there on Facebook Messenger messaging people. I have never met. Hey, I'm getting into the coaching space. What do you think, man? I'd love to collaborate and I'd love to do this. And half of them are like, don't be an idiot. You're a competitor. The other half are like, oh, we love it. Come on. And you're going to get those. You're going to get those. That's fine. But that's exactly, I'm telling you, the first thing I did before creating content, before anything, was to go out and try to find me some good referral partners that I can, yeah, I can trust. And, I can, and they'll have my back and I'll have their back. And I jump ahead a couple of years later and I've got, about 10 of them now that that pretty much at any period of time i can say hey man i need some leads man let's do a webinar next month or let's do a facebook live or a, you know go live to a group or whatever it might be so nice so who do you question? like serving and supporting right now oh this is easy marketing agencies uh, uh digital or traditional uh and that's all I, that's all i service you know that, that's it i'm 100 percent focused on that that is that is, that's what I built. That's what I sold. That's what I know, right? And I want to share what I know with other like-minded individuals who are out there trying to do what I was very blessed and honestly a little bit lucky 
uh, to get done, right? And that was to, to, to build an, an agency that I was very proud of um, uh, and came out pretty good financially on that. And, uh, you know, so, so uh, I, I am, I, I spent about a year trying, actually probably longer than that. What about two years? Because I, I retired from my agency. So I was actually still owning it and running it by the numbers, called running it by the numbers, KPI, fly, fly, fly by wire kind of thing, running by the numbers, KPIs. And so I, I worked for like two hours a week, two to four hours a week, just reviewing KPIs. And in that process, I had a lot of time to think and play golf and all that shit. And so I had to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. And it's actually not to be a CEO, it's to be a coach of dynamic entrepreneurs because that is the thing I miss the most is, is being in the trenches with entrepreneurs that are just trying to make a better life for themselves. And that's the thing, that's what drives me. That's what, that's what gets me out of bed every morning. So. Nice, I love that. So give us a Cinderella story of one of your clients since you've been in the domain of working with agencies. Sure, uh, Brennan Bliss is, is, is a huge success story of mine. You might've, I don't know if you've seen his podcast or not or, or, or anything like that, but he started his agency when he was, how old was he? I think he's 15 now. Thing wow. Started. And he had floundered around uh, for a little while. Uh, and at the age of 18 and a half, and actually still means something when you're 18, right? So um, uh, uh, he hired me. And in the, I think, three years or three and a half years prior to that, I think his best year was 180,000. Close to that. I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but it's close to 180,000. Uh, which is, by the way, is not, not nothing to shake a stick at for a 17-year-old kid. Damn. I'm like, that's pretty damn good, you know? Uh, but within um, 18 months of hiring me, we he did not have a service infrastructure department at all, didn't even have a project manager, uh, did not have a really consistent lead flow, did not have a sales system, did not have a product line. You know, he didn't really have probably most of the pieces in there. Now he is an unbelievable, he's brilliant. Okay. So he, everything he was doing was right. It's just the fact that he was young and had not had a lot of time to get, the, get him in place. So I shortcut it. A lot of that, that, that pain in the ass that would take, what they say, what they say uh, uh, overnight success take 10 years, right? Well, what I did is I shaved about eight of that off. Right. So, <laughs> and, and he was projected to in this year to break $800,000 nice uh, within uh 18 months of of uh of hiring me and he will easily break the seven figure mark next year easily easily cruising into home plate kind of thing so no doubt about it so nice love that yeah. that is awesome yeah, yeah there's a lot of brilliant young young ones out there right now that happy to see that in only 18 yeah. months doesn't matter where you're at you can still <laughs> take 18 months and build something that's awesome Hey man, he, he, he bought his very first new car, an Audi A5, you know, it just literally life transformational. You know, he had, he was planning on to go to University of Texas in Austin and he did, he did. I was actually coaching him when he was doing that. He wound up dropping out. Of, he's like, man, dude, are you kidding me? I'm an entrepreneur. I know, I know who I am, right? I don't need this. I don't need it. And so he did, he wound up dropping out of college. Here he is. You know, he's, he's just, he's crushing it. Austin, Dallas area, and I'm um, uh, so proud of the work we did together. He's just a uh, phenomenal young man. So. Nice. So I what are the stumbling more. blocks that somebody might be going through right now and that they're thinking, oh my God, Lee, I need you so badly. What are they going through right now? I can, uh, all stumbling blocks lim are 100% limiting, what's called limiting beliefs, okay? And limiting beliefs are typically things that we were taught as a child or we read in the wrong book or you listen to Michelle or, you know, 
have something along those lines. And he got some kind of Bite preconceived me. note. <laughs> is, that, is that still got, does that involve the blue pill thing again? Anyway, all right. So, um, but you know, typically you get these preconceived notions in your head around how things are supposed to work. We all do it. This is not a, this is not a, he said, she said, purple, yellow, black. It has nothing to do with any of that. Every human being on earth does this. This is just human nature. Okay. Uh, we have to. It's a survival mechanism. You have to kind of put things in boxes to, so that way you have to rethink everything throughout your whole life. And so um, typically limiting beliefs will be uh, around being a little more aggressive in your lead generation. Uh, they, they, they have a tendency to think that, ooh, if they really love my creativity or my program or whatever it is you do, they will take the time to go to the contact us form, and that just could not be further from the truth, okay? It's just, it, 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 you know, and they almost take it personally when somebody doesn't do that. They put so much time into that one prospect they met up at a meetup group, and then they don't get that lead to come in over two to three weeks, and they're distraught over it, right? That is exactly, that is the kiss of death, I'm telling you. I mean, like, like uh, some, a few of you might get lucky and, and, and get that one, and then get tons of referrals out of it, but the 99% rule is you will go bankrupt trying to do that. So get out there, be more aggressive in your lead flow, uh, be more aggressive in your outreach. Um, it's not that people don't want you, it's people have lives and kids and COVID and are I doing virtual or in, or in home, or I'm sorry, virtual or in-person schooling. Life happens. So it has zero to do with how good you are and whether or not they like you. It has zero to do with that. Get that out of your head. It has everything to do, they're busy. It's your job to follow up with them, not their job to remember you. That does not how it works. They have the money. You want the money. They know that. You better go get it. If you don't, someone like Michelle or me will. Nice. Right? So, Isn't that right, Michelle? That is absolutely right. Right. Mm -hmm. So how are you helping people get it up right now? A blue pill. <laughs> oh, sorry, different topic. Wait, what are you talking about now? Uh, 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 get what up? Sales, profit, you know, what are revenue. we talking about getting up? So, sales, revenue, revenue, profit. You know, I'd have to admit during COVID, you know, for the past six months, I, uh, four out of the last six months, I pro bono all of my one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I'm, I'm telling you this. I did, I did. I, actually, I, pro, I, I think. You didn't phone me? One. What the hell? You're not on one-on-one. -on -one. Let's get you signed up. You were on the agency sales system. We'll get you on one. -on oh, sorry. That special's <laughs> over. My bad. Oh. Oh, countdown timer. Ding. No, no, Fucker. no, no. Oh, so sorry. Reveal content. Gone. Okay. So, <laughs> but, 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 um, uh, clearly one of your favorite clients, I can tell. Oh, no, no, you're all, oh, uh, no, yes, you are, you're awesome, you and Brad are freaking awesome, uh, um, and so, but, you know, to get it up, you know, I'll, here's the thing I would tell you to get up, okay, there's a third, third gold rush coming down the pipe, I mean, you're probably already experiencing that, this out there, and it typically will begin, like, you'll get that email from somebody you hadn't heard from in two years, or, you get a message on Facebook from somebody you've never heard of. They just saw that you do this. Or you get that client that is, hey, man, I need to get my, you start to, the, I call it the buzz. Hey, can I get a proposal? You'll start, you'll sit here more. All of a sudden, just out of the, it's like a bluebird lands in your little magic little bluebird. And you're like, where'd you come from? You know, what the hell, right? So I'm like, somebody let the cat out of the bag. And so you'll, you'll experience that for about probably two weeks, three weeks, maybe even a month. And then after that, it's pretty much game on. And so let me explain what I mean. The demand for digital has literally tripled or quadrupled in the past six months. And the reason being is, is if, if you're familiar with the bell curve and the growth, that's what's called a bell curve, 
On this side of the bell is pragmatic, and on this side is a conservative. And that is the red meat. That's the lion's share of successful businesses out there on the planet. And they have been, they have very much taken the ostrich mentality of, to that, to the whole digital thing. They're like, meaning sticking their head in the sand, ignoring it, letting the next generation deal with it. They're like, screw that. I'm going to go to, a, I've, I've been getting leads from this publication. I've been getting leads from this event. I've been getting leads from the chamber, whatever it is. They, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it's broke now. What is everybody in the world telling you to do? Go virtual. They can't go to events to get, they, they can't do any of what I just said. No one's going to the doctors to read a publication. Nobody orders a publication to their house anymore. Right? Okay. So they don't have leads and they must figure out digital demand. And the reality is that demand is going through the roof. So here's the one thing I'll tell you to get up and I will tell everybody in this call that listens to this. Double, if not triple your prices. And I know how that sounds. I'm telling you, humor me. Just humor me and do it on three or four proposals and see. What's going to happen is, is you are going to lose more deals, but you will close, you know, let's say, let's say out of the four proposals, you used to close two. Now you'll close one, but you doubled your price. So you still have the same amount of revenue, half the work, so you can keep bandwidth low, revenue up, and the demand is so high that you're not going to have a problem closing them at some much, much higher uh, profit, much, much higher numbers. As a matter of fact, I've told three of my students in the past two weeks to do this, and we actually set up bets. <laughs> right? Uh, we make it fun uh, in, in our coaching calls. One of them was, I said, triple your prices. It was 340, I'm sorry, double your price. 347, he went up to like, I think it was 597. It's a monthly residual service. So that's a substantial, that's not quite double, but it's pretty close to double. Uh, and I said, you're going to, you, you're, you're going to, you're going to close three of these in the next two weeks. He's like, no way, dude, no way. And I'm like, you try to close two of them. I got another week and a half. I'm like, you want to go? I said, it's 50 bucks. If he loses, he owes me 50 bucks. I said, you want me to see my PayPal ID now? Go ahead, you know, go ahead and send it over, man, because I'm going to win. I know I'm going to win this. I did it all time. Anyway, and so raise your prices. Get out there. Digital demand is, is, is going through the roof. So if you're going to get anything up, get your prices up. So you also have a program going on right now. So tell us about that. I do, yes. My agency sales system uh, in preparation for this digital demand spike. Uh, obviously, the first thing you better be aware of as a CEO or agency owner out there is the ability to harvest a lot of these leads, make sure you stay in front of them, and most importantly, never let a lead fall through the crack, right? You just have to make sure uh, the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross kind of thing, you know, they are gold. They are, each lead is a, literally the golden ticket and you must treat it as such. Problem is, is you don't have enough damn time to do that. So that's where my sales system comes in. It is, uh, actually, you know, you, 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 you know, Michelle, you, you know, you got it. And uh, uh, it's really cool. You know, we diversify the lead magnets. Uh, then we put them through a prospect vetting, a very simple prospect vetting phase. If they pass the prospect vetting phase, then that, at that point, they're considered a hot lead. That's the ones Brad will spend his time on. The rest of them just get into the automation and go through the churn, okay? Uh, and so the whole system, it just makes the whole sales process more efficient, basically in a nutshell. And so that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now and will be for the next month or two uh, to my base. So. Nice. So if you're interested in finding out more about how you can simplify your digital agency, uh, go to marketingagencycoach.com slash agency dash sales dash system. If you don't remember that and you're in your car <laughs> driving, don't want to write it down, just go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blogs and we will have uh, these 
entire show on their end as well as your links. You can also go to iTunes or Google or wherever you get them and they're in the notes. So we will have that for you. Awesome. So tell me something super fun. Um, if you have something off, off the top of your head, that's awesome. If you need a little prompting. Nah, okay, super fun. Are you kidding me? We do, we do super fun all the time. I'm trying to think of, let's see. Mm, super fun. We're always out jet skiing. And, I mean, I don't mean, you talking about like super fun, like that kind of super fun? I mean, sure, you know, yeah. Uh, okay, so this weekend there was a festival, and it was the first festival that I had seen since COVID. Wow. So I'm, we're driving home. My daughter and I were like, what's that? We're like, I don't know. What is that? I'm like, I don't know. What is that? And we're like, we hadn't seen it in so long. We weren't sure what the hell it was. So we pulled over. We asked the cops, hey, man, what's this? It's a festival. We're like, a festival? <laughs> a festivus? Oh! <laughs> like the sky had opened up, right? And so anyway, you know, we, get, we, get, we and I live on the lake. And so uh, uh, we actually get in a boat. And then uh, my dock is about a thousand meters from where this festivus was, right? So, uh, uh, you know, we take the boat down there this past weekend and kind of hang out and it was it was awesome to just get out there and it felt like the world it, it was just great i mean it was just it was wonderful uh, to get out there and uh, we kept our distance and everybody was super cool about it you know it wasn't wasn't it wasn't a, a weirdo you know it wasn't a, you know a beach spring break beach party nothing like that it was uh you know everybody there was probably in their 30s or 40s it was kind of a car show boat show kind of thing <clears throat> very cool what was your favorite yeah, thing that you saw I'm an off-road guy, and they had about 10 of them there, and boy, they were tricked out. They looked good, looked really, really good. Uh, I have a power wagon now, but I'm getting that itch again, so I'm going to see me getting another Jeep really, really soon, uh, especially due to the fact that my daughter is like, yeah, Daddy, I love Jeeps. You want to buy me a Jeep? I'm like, you're 11. Shut up. So, yeah, <laughs> give, give it a minute. I'll tell you what, you get straight A's until I buy you a deal. That'll work. Well, we're on. Now, I can be bribed. With straight A's, you know what I'm saying? So that'll be, that'll work. So, just a girl after my own heart. I learned how to drive when I was 12. I mean, I was driving yeah, on the farm before that, but at 12, I was on the roads. So that was awesome. <laughs> Different that, times. Yeah, it was when we were that. Well, we weren't yeah. allowed to do that, but I was a good driver, so we did. Uh, where, yeah, right. Where, well, you, now, were you raised in Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. it's a little, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the roads up there aren't as dangerous. It's not a mean car. You know, it's just different, especially when I was growing up. I was in Mississippi. And so, you know, you can be on the road for a few minutes and not see a car. You know what I'm talking about? It's that's not <laughs> uncommon. You know what I mean? It's parts of this parts of the world. And I learned how to drive. I was racing my mom's Volkswagen Rabbit in my back. I had a 60 acres of land in the back pasture per se. I bet I was almost flipped it when I was 10. So I don't know exactly how old I was when I started it, but I was a hell of a driver by the time I got to 15. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> nice. That Different is times. Awesome. Awesome. They were, and they were fun. And we survived them. Great, yeah. Hey, you know what? Lead paint, water hoses, <laughs> cutting grass without having to wear a mask. We made it. You know what I mean? I don't know how we made it, but we made it. So We did. We we're the strong ones. Some awesome. Beautiful. So any last parting words for our peeps before we let you go? It's not as hard as you think it, as you might think it, it has to be. Okay. Um, get some help. Okay. Whether it be me or someone else. Uh, I made the mistake of not getting help. It took me nine years or so of beating my head against a brick wall. Literally, that's why I'm bald. Um, you know, uh, 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 figured out, and then I finally wound up getting uh, some mentors to help and kind of push this thing forward. Um, and that's kind of what that really is what helped, you know, kind of uh, really propelled me. You know, we, it took us about nine or nine, nine years, nine or 10 years to break that seven figure mark. And then 
you know, it was after we broke that and I got help, mentors, things like that, and it just started really churning, right? Um, so find someone who's done what you want to do, okay? And do not fall victim to these idiots out there saying make a million dollars or please, if they're, you know, no offense, but typically if they're under 30 years old, they just haven't had the time to do what you want to do, okay? And that's no offense to anyone out there. If you are, I'm not, this is not a, you know, not, it's not an attack on you, okay? Um, but it takes time to build something of substance. And so look for substance, look for a proven track record and dive deep because these kids, these, these guys are, these girls are very, very wise and very savvy. They're building out these systems that make it look like they actually own their own agency. But when you dive into it, you realize that they were, you know, operations manager or sales manager or something like that. They, they just simply were not part of even the leadership a lot of times. So there's only, to my knowledge, about seven or eight of us out there that are actually dedicated our lives to being an agency coach. Uh, uh, and so find one of them uh, uh, that fits your personality, that fits your stage of growth, and get some help. So that's, it, just, it's not as, it does not have to be as hard as we make it on ourselves. So. Absolutely. And if business is hard, you're doing it wrong, quit that. <laughs> There's so many other ways. Number one, Same. get a mentor, Same. somebody who's done and been there, bought that t-shirt, yep, and yep. get yourself a referral partners. That is like yep. bar none, step one, step two. Totally concur. How about it. Awesome. No doubt about it, so. Awesome. It has been super fun having you here. Lee, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it immensely. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show or have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. That's michelle at thelittlebluepillforbusiness.com, of course. Bye, awesome. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.